Welcome to Art in the Open. I'm Shelley Miller, a Montreal-based artist working in the fields of both permanent public art as well as ephemeral street art. In this podcast, I'll chat with creatives and professionals who work in and around the industries of art and public spaces. Today, I'm sitting down with internationally known street artist Peter Gibson, perhaps better known as Rhodesworth. We talk about how his passion for street art started and what continues to inspire him today. Welcome to Art in the Open. I'm here today with Peter Gibson. Can I call you by your real name? You can. Rhodesworth yeah, yeah, it's is all out your... in the open. My anonymity has was long ago. It's been ago. lifted. The yes. veil has been lifted. Yes, long ago, yeah. I've known you for uh, a few years, but I haven't seen you in a long time. Mm-hmm. So I'm really, yeah. I'm really excited about yeah. today. Excited to sit down and chat with you and hear about what you've been busy with and to reflect oh, on the past. So much to talk about. Um, it's funny because I was thinking about how we met. And um, I know that I was familiar with your work for a really long time, like over 20 years that I've lived in Montreal. I was thinking actually about the first pieces of yours that I saw this morning because I was telling my son's dad. And then I was like, that was like uh, 20 years ago, like at least. Mm-hmm. And then I feel really I old, but time flies, you know. I know. Now we're at, you know, we're at that age where t- we can, a lot of things were 20 years exactly. ago or more in some cases. <laughs> but I think I maybe met you really briefly at Olympico Yeah. about 20 years ago, 22 years ago. Um, but I think like officially meeting you, like having a conversation with you was fairly recently at another coffee shop that we used to frequent. <laughs> yeah, and right. I think I just... pack a bow Was that it? Pa- pack bow yeah. I think I just kind of went up to you and was like, hey, mm-hmm. I know your work, uh, like... I know. So, hey, I like your work. So brazen. <laughs> so, uh, so brazen of you. I admire people who, who are... I, I wouldn't say I'm always like that. I don't know. I just I felt to... like oh yeah 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 like I see him here. I should just say I should just say hi. Yeah. I well, say, I'm, What's up? I'm glad you did. Yeah. Because it sparked. Well, it, it also um, like I said, it's inspiring people who are not like me, who are not shy. And as I was telling you earlier, I'm, I've been kind of uh, shying away from uh, from interviews and that kind of thing. But. Uh, the same time, as I was saying, it's I've, I've been thinking a lot about how you know artists, in particular, people in general, need to uh, maybe it's the pandemic talking and post need to talk to each other and be open and yeah, yeah, for sure. And as I was also saying before we started, that one of my main reasons and interest in doing this podcast was really just to kind of have an excuse to just sit down and have conversations with people. Yeah, and. Not just like in an interview format, but in a just a real honest conversation, like mm-hmm. let's rap about what we do um, and more specific to art in public spaces and to really yeah. kind of like dive in in the industry also, like talk about the good things, talk about the bad, like what are some of the common struggles that we all face? Because I yeah. think that a lot of the different avenues of art in public spaces, like I was saying, permanent public art commissions through programs like the Percent for Art versus murals and mural festivals mm-hmm. versus street art and graffiti like all these different ways of working in public spaces they all seem to function really distinctly mm-hmm. and some of the artists i would say most of the artists work in only one of those areas there's not a lot of overlap That's between true. the artists or between the ways that they're uh, administered or you know the way that they're kind of put into public spaces And I find that really strange, you know, because humans, Mm -hmm. you know, we overlap and we intersect. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. I think people who are interested in these different types of art, their interests also overlap and intersect. So why do these divisions, you know, happen? And so for me, it's just like, okay, so what can I do? What can I do as one person? Mm -hmm. Well, how about I just invite different people on and we just chat and see what happens? Mm -hmm. So, you know, just kind of keeping an open mind. No, absolutely. Um, I think that's great. Well, I, 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 I think you're right about that, how, you know, we sort of, whether we do it or, or to ourselves, I think that happens. We segregate ourselves into certain categories, but it's also sort of the nature of, you know, which is also a big part of presenting yourself as an artist and, you know, writing your, you know, what is it, your démarche artistique right. and your, your bio, um, your bio and, and presenting yourself and, you you know, you know, I, maybe, I don't know, more than ever, if that's safe to say, but you have to, you know, the whole idea of like having a brand, which is a word I can't stand actually when, yeah. but it's kind of, 
appropriate in this in this kind of landscape and you know where as an artist you have to you know you have to market yourself you have to you know chase after you know contracts or you know enter contests or whatever the myriad ways of trying to you know make it as an artist or you know make a living and you know find satisfaction in your in your career and in your your work um yeah, so it's like you have to present yourself a certain way. And I guess some people enjoy that. And I used to think I thought I enjoyed it. <laughs> but some maybe the older maybe I get it. More natural at doing Or maybe that. some people are more natural at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah perhaps. I, I don't, yeah, exactly. And, um, and you know, it, at the same time, I mean, I on one hand, I sometimes bemoan the fact that I feel like that's, some, that's something I have to do. It's almost like a chore. But then again, I remind myself, well, what's the alternative? Before we had this, before we had this sort of, before it was incumbent upon, I guess it's always been incumbent upon the artist to present themselves. And I mean, that's part of the job. But also um, in the way that you work, because your work is so public and just out in open space, yeah. you reach an audience that's so much bigger than you even know. Yeah, that's true. And that's yeah. the thing that I've always found so incredible and inspiring about doing art in public spaces is yeah. that, I don't know about you, but like, I know when I first started doing sugar installations mm. on walls, it would be years, years later, I'd bump into somebody or meet somebody and they'd be, they'd somehow find out that I do work with sugar and they'd be like, oh, I saw that thing like yeah. eight years ago on that yeah. street. And you're like, oh, what? Wow. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, as yeah. opposed to having work in a gallery where, oh, no, you know, sure. they keep track of the numbers and it's like if 80 people yeah. see an exhibition, that's kind of like a good turnout. As opposed <laughs> yeah, right. to like 8,000 yeah, yeah. that could see it if it's up on a city wall. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, that's definitely one of the things that attracted me to working, you know, street art. I mean, that's how I got into <laughs> That's how I got into this biz in the first place. How? Tell um, me. How did well, that through street art. Out? I mean, honestly, it started out as um, I had, I was a musician for most of my up until I, I'm kind of a, a late bloomer in the in visual arts. To be honest, I was been and still continue to be interested in music, and but I that was my really my uh, focus until you know I went to school. I studied music in university. And I think after finally graduating, I, I think I had a little bit of uh, fatigue, a little bit of... Uh, I didn't realize that you studied music. Yeah, yeah. And, and what all, did you study specifically? Or what well, was I was, uh, I was uh, went through the, the McGill Jazz Program okay. as a performance. So I was a, a, uh, I'm a pianist. After having graduated, I was kind of messing around with, you know, production and trying to make you know, beats and, you know, playing in bands and stuff. And um, so it was at that time that I actually discovered uh, Andy Goldsworthy, who's a land artist you're probably familiar with. Maybe, yeah, definitely. Know. Yeah. And that kind of sparked something in me at the time. And then I was like, oh, like, this would be cool. What, what would this look like in a, in a city setting? Like I was also have, fr uh, well, one friend in particular who is really into sort of graffiti and he actually did a movie subsequently on uh, what you call you know post graffiti anyway that's what got me into doing that but also mixed with a bit of um you know a, a sense an activist kind of sense of wanting to and i, I think that's one of what, what appealed me to, to me about the idea of doing something publicly and reaching a lot of people was this more the uh, this desire to to speak to uh, like a larger audience, like you said, and this right. was before internet. <laughs> we didn't, <laughs> obviously, so we didn't have a concept of reaching people, you know. And in via. hindsight, is it really as effective anyway? Well, I yeah, don't. exactly. There's just more noise. Now we're so inundated. And there's so much. We can't exactly anything. Exactly, in our in attention spans. So, yeah, exactly. That was maybe pre-internet. Well, just around the time that, you know, internet was coming up. So, And is that yeah. when the name Rhodesworth came about? Yeah. Yeah, that's around when I started doing that. And, um, I mean, the name came... Yeah, exactly. It was just... Uh, really a name that I concocted myself. And it stuck. 
So you started doing the works before you had the name. Oh yeah, the name came. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, yeah. I didn't really have a name in mind, but then you know I wanted to. It was sort of in keeping with the whole tradition. You know, the graffiti. You know, coming up with a, a moniker and sure, yeah. I wasn't writing, you know, Rhodesworth, but you know, you had a style. anonymity and all that stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you had a style, I think, that was recognizable. Yeah. Because I remember at that time in the Milan Plateau seeing your works like frequently. Like it seemed like you had a, a pretty broad yeah. reach. I was very uh I was quite prolific at that yeah. time. I was I was going out on a pretty regular basis and you know, it was satisfying some kind of anxiety I was having about the world and <laughs> I actually and remember myself. a piece of yours that I I still remember the kind of impact it had on me. And it was the uh I'll call it caged tigers. Okay. Oh the, yeah, the, the right. The cats yeah, on yeah. the Park Avenue underpass. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. And I remember it because uh, I had a studio up on Beaumont, so mm-hmm. I used to walk that, like, practically every mm-hmm. day. And so I'd see them in the daytime, and, mm-hmm. you know, my first impression was, like, oh, stenciled cats, there's some missing bars, okay. Yeah. Cool, I like cats. And then I saw it at night, Yeah. and the shadows that were cast from the railing made it look like they were in a cage, and yeah, then yeah. my brain went, like, oh, yeah. I get it, like, it was intended to be seen at night yeah. with this shadow, and... It just like it was so well, cool, it, yeah. and I still remember it because there was that like aha moment where you're like, "Oh, this is super cool," mm-hmm. and someone thought of this. And mm-hmm. again, it's sort of that like the way that you can just capture somebody's imagination or attention mm-hmm. just for a second. Like, yeah, that to me is golden. It doesn't have to be big or much, but to just make people stop mm-hmm. and notice something mm-hmm. is, I think, the power of of art in public space. Absolutely. I mean, that's one of the things that definitely um, sparked, got me into street art is that I think living in a city instills a kind of autopilot in most people. I mean, we, we just you just kind of go about your business. Everything's kind of designed and, you know, at right angles and there's so much noise and traffic lights. And, you know, there's there's no sort of um, there's not a mu- there's not much room for that kind of experience for these un, uh, unexpected, unexpected little little moments and and there's so much noise and we tend to go inward for that reason or you know and or look at the ground and not not really be very aware of our surroundings in general and there's not much that's you know advert you know the only the only sort of things that are clamoring for your attention is you know advertising or you know, I guess the potential dangers of other cars and traffic in yeah. general. So, um, yeah, I think that was one of the reasons also I want to I want to create those unexpected sort of what the fuck kind of moments in people like you described. And yeah. on the ground, too, I think a lot of people tend to walk down the street. I, I do, uh, you know, sort of staring at the ground. Maybe I, <laughs> you know, although it's sort of in this subliminal space as well. So it occupies this kind of space that I found interesting, like the the road and the ground, which is kind of, it's ignored. It's somewhat taken for granted, I think, you know, most of our, it's underutilized. Well, less, more and more I find, yeah, exactly. I think it's being utilized more and more these days, but. I don't want to labor on it too long because I'm sure you're sick of talking about the legal issues that you faced, but you know, back when you were doing a lot of stuff, um, I also wanted to mention for the listeners, if you don't know much about this. There's a fantastic documentary that was made uh, about all of your legal issues um, called Roadsworth Crossing the Line, correct? That's correct. Yes. Yeah. I uh, have the DVD. Oh, you do? I have the DVD. Oh, wow. I'm not just a fan. <laughs> do you have a DVD player? I'm a super fan. <laughs> I bought it so long ago. Um, I actually, I bought it buy... because I was teaching. How do you watch a DVD nowadays? <laughs> you have to like hold it. I don't know. It's collected some dust. Yeah, yeah. I bought it when I was teaching a class. You can watch it on YouTube, by the way, also. <laughs> yes, which on, I found out. I was pleasantly surprised. On the internet. Yeah. But I wanted to ask you, like, when... Directed by my a good friend, Alan Cole, by yes. the way. Just had Excellent. To... Thank you for mentioning that. Very important. Um, I, wanted to, I wanted to mention or I wanted to ask, like, when you started to get that trouble when you were charged, was it somewhat surprising or, like, did you feel like, oh, it's just a matter of time before I'm going to get caught? Or did you really kind of feel like 
no, I got this. Like, I'm good. Uh, I think both. I think I, part of me, I was a little bit um, in denial. I think I, yeah, deep down, I knew that it was going to catch up with me at some point. I, yeah, I, I did know. But I was sort of putting those, I, I always have this sort of, well, I'll cross that bridge when I come to it right now. Yeah. This is what I'm feeling. This is what I'm compelled to do right now. I mean, it was really a compulsion, you know. Um, yeah, I was really compelled to do it. And I guess that compulsion was stronger than my my fear risk of, aversion. Of, and my risk aversion and all that. Exactly. But I also really did feel like... I mean, it's maybe, I don't know if it sounds what the word is, if it's arrogant or to think, to, to say this, but um, I really felt like what I was putting out there was was reflected in a, in a general attitude in, in the community. Like, I think I felt like what I was doing would be um, accepted by the community at large. I knew it wouldn't be accepted by the sort of authorities. Right. But I felt like I, even though I didn't have any direct sort of confirmation from, well, except from you know, friends and people, I just felt like it would be taken. Uh, it was. It would be taken positively. It would. It would be generally um, seen as uh, with in a positive light by the community, and and that turned out to be the case. I think, and 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 allowed me. I think was part of the reason that I was able to. It's that that my legal eventual <laughs> legal troubles were, you know, not as severe as they might have been because I, I did get a lot of support at the, when when right. that happened. I mean, who knows? Maybe that. But I think that I think that definitely played into it. It's yeah. a valid point. Yeah. You know, and it's great that you could feel that sense of a community rallying for you. Yeah, I mean, even in the absence of having a direct, I mean, I think that was, again, part of, again, that compulsion um, was to communicate with my community. It was a way of communicating, you know, right. apart from, you know, I didn't have, you know, I didn't have a podcast to be able to reach out to be. No, but these are all, yeah, exactly. But I mean, I think that's what, what art out, you know. Anybody who does public art or street art, it's I mean, I think you want to communicate whether whatever your community is. My commu- my idea of my my audience, let's say, or the community was somewhat. I think I was trying to speak to a broad broad community. I wasn't necessarily community. I think graffiti artists are often trying to communicate with other graffiti artists. That's my you know. I don't want to generalize, but you know, there's a language there. There's a there's a. Um. And that's sort of the the that's your community in a sense, not necessarily, but and, and maybe you know, I, I hate using you know labels and everything because again we're trying to broad, we're trying to break those <laughs> those down and I am, but you know, you know, but just to make the point of you know and maybe street artists are are trying to communicate to a broader audience, arguably I don't know. I'm gonna get in trouble. I, I always get in trouble unique, when I right? say There's anything about graffiti. Yeah, exactly. No, you can't generalize, of course. But um, yeah, you're you're just a way of communicating. And I, I felt like what I was trying to say, and then what I subsequently, you know, said, you know, in interviews, because you know, when I when I got arrested, it prompted this sort of. That was the most shocking thing to me. Is I knew there was support, but I didn't realize to what extent people would support me and what you know how much attention I, I got from from doing that. Um, I mean, I don't think I would get that kind of attention nowadays for doing something like that because, well, depends. I guess you'd have to, because I think people have become used to a lot more used to graffiti and and street art and public art, so it's not such a 20 years ago, it was a little more sort of unusual, I think. Right. <laughs> it was it was a lot more unusual, I would say. It also felt to me at the time that they wanted to make an example out of you. Yeah, that, yeah. And that, you can't really ever predict when that might happen, but I don't know that For that sure. would happen to the extent today. Yeah, I don't, I don't either, and um, I don't know. I mean, depending on what your medium and how how distinct or how remarkable your what what it, your message is you know so people refer to me as a street artist because i guess i've referred to myself as that but also because but i've always made for me street art is is necessarily an illegal it's unsanctioned 
Right. It's not something you've got permission for. Right. And everything else is public art or commissioned art. Commissioned art. Yeah. That's that's my personal distinction, but So after the legal issues, it seemed like things kind of went in your favor and mm-hmm. then you started to get commissioned yeah. by the Ville de Montréal to do public yeah. art. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I got. Yeah. So since then, uh, do you mostly do commissions? Do you still do a little bit of? I still do. Stuff? I still do. I, I, I. Not that you need to. Right? No, I know. <laughs> I know. No, no, I know. Well, I stopped. Yeah, I mean that one that tiger piece, for example, that was done in like probably 2010, which was many years after I had gotten arrested. And oh, really? See, I have yeah, no yeah, concept well, even of the timeline. Well, no, I mean, who does? It's still I mean, a long it's time all ago. It's all a blur. Exactly. It's like more than. More than 10 years ago, who knows? Depend, I, I have little forays back into the, the street art world. Sure. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just something that I, I get the bug or I get the itch from time to time. Or if I feel like I, I, I definitely I feel like I, the more sort of anxiety I have under about sort of the world in general, the more my desire to, you know, do street art. And For sure. And there's this correlation there. And sort of express myself, but but yeah, I would say I probably do mostly commissions and in terms of public, yeah, in terms of my public output. If you were to say the last ten years, yeah. I wanted to ask um, how you decide on projects to accept. Do you ever not accept a project? Like, what's your criteria? Because, like, for mm-hmm. myself. You know, sometimes there's just a budget. Like, sometimes mm-hmm. it's like, I'm sorry, that's not enough money to do yeah. the thing you're asking me. Yeah, yeah. So, no. Yeah. But sometimes I'll do something with no budget because yeah, exactly. it's just really important to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. you know. Well, totally. I mean, I wish I could say I had a... I'm trying to develop some kind of structure, price structure and, you know, and parameters because, yeah, I'm like you for so long. I've just sort of operated on a, on a feeling. And unfortunately, I hate to say it, how badly do I need the money at that time? For sure. That's a valid point. You know, I'm going to be honest. Um, or, yeah, I mean, how, to what to what extent can I, you know, <laughs> can I re- reject a, a project or not? I mean, but... Now, I mean, that's I'm getting better now. So of of having you know my parameters, but yeah, absolutely, it's like I'll do a I'll definitely accept a project anywhere from zero dollars to and up. But when it comes to commercial things, I mean, I generally don't. I've I've said no to things that just don't. I mean, my my sort of rule of thumb is like I'm not I'm not against doing you know commercial or corporate gigs from time to time as long as it's something that you know it's a product or it's a thing that i can not feel you know i can believe in there that aligns with my general sort of i can back and it it aligns with my general sort of values if it doesn't for sure (laughs) then you know and sometimes yeah and that's a tough call i say no it is a tough call yeah Wait, how deep you do you go pay on the that? Rent and yeah, you're like, exactly. well, do I do yeah, I exactly. sort of sell my values to make yeah. some money, or do I have to get another job that's unarts related? I know. because I'm holding on to my pride. Exactly, it's really hard. Yeah, no, for sure. And and you make those calls, sort of. Do you, on a have case you ever done a project basis. where you haven't put it on your website or haven't really like? Oh yeah, publicly plenty. shown it. Plenty, <laughs> <laughs> and they're not even necessarily like. You could say as much or as little as you want. Well, There's no pressure. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't care so much. But um, I developed a certain reputation as, you know, watch the movie and you'll get into my psychology, I guess. But you know, I was, um, you know, concerned about climate change and concerned about a lot, whole host of issues. Like it was around around nine eleven that I started doing street art, and you know, when that happened, I was there was a whole lot of issues that I wanted to sort of bring attention to because I felt that there was, wasn't those, those, they weren't being talked about in the mainstream media. And, but yeah, I mean, I definitely got a reputation as being someone, you know, some kind of, I think there was that level or, or, you know, I, I probably, um, created that reputation for myself because I talked about, you know, my environmental concerns. So I got a probably, you know, I've done a lot of work with Greenpeace and I've done work with, 
So, you know, for example, when I've been offered, uh, you know, to do things where car companies, for example. Right. And, you know, those definitely are interesting from a <laughs> lucrative, but it's very hard for me to say yes to something like that because although, you know, you know, I've done I did like a thing for Nike. Does it conflict with your sort of ethical line? Well, you know? I I'm a lot more chill about that. I used to struggle a lot more with like, oh, you know, is this, you know, and I don't know to what extent was that just a a conflict between my, you know, quote unquote reputation and my, you know, you know, some kind of attachment to an idea of a reputation to begin with, which I think I think is all a, an illusion anyway, or it's all a construct, you know, your True. idea of like how people see you and being concerned. I mean, really, that's what it comes down to. How, um, But as an artist, you're also going back to you're presenting yourself in a certain way and you're you're sort of aware of your your public and what what sort of value, uh, you know, is seen from your your work. So, yeah, whatever you become. I mean, that's that's a side of it becoming overly concerned about that that side of things like how you're seen and how your yeah, what your what reputation your is and all that is really um well a waste of time at the end of the day a waste of energy i mean so no well that particular thing it was with the Lance Armstrong Foundation Okay. And so I was like biking. I was really into right. biking at the time. I was like, oh, that'll be cool. Well, uh, it'll be, just be fun. You know, I'll get some right. friends and we'll go down there and make some money and we'll go to California. And, and we'll... what's wrong with that? <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> well, that's it. But I mean, I guess maybe I have, you know, created standards for, like, once again. And with age, there's there definitely those standards uh, have relaxed uh, significantly. But so that's that's a project I didn't you know, advertise, for example, right. because subsequently it was soon after that that Lance Armstrong got busted for, you know, um, steroid or whatever, you know, got his fall from grace. And and I was just like, well, I don't really. And, and whatever, the project wasn't that good anyway. Like, I, I wasn't satisfied at artist. I think that's more more really to the point is it wasn't sort of artistically very, I wasn't proud of it really from an right. artistic standpoint didn't really turn out that great and so I was like and then you know all these projects again going back to you know if I I get invited you know invited I've been invited over the course many years to you know be involved in sort of environmentally you know environmentally related causes and stuff which I'm always happy I've been lucky in that sense that I've been able to practice my you know I've been able to align my you know practice somewhat with with you know my values but then at the same time i struggle with you know i'm doing these large-scale pieces and they're you know you know you've got to like drive around places to pick up materials and then your your the material i mean as you probably know doing any kind of public work the just the material expenditure of creating I mean, the amount of paint you go through and, the, you know, you're basically sort of, this is my, my way of like, uh, this is my, con I feel like I'm in a confession, confessionary. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, but I, but those things I'm like, I've always, I'm always trying to like limit my material use. But when you're doing right. large scale things, it's just, I mean, there's nothing environmentally friendly about your, so I have a guilty, I'm like a guilty, uh, I have this guilty conscience sometimes. Yeah, I think that's I think that's normal. Yeah, I mean, there's just so many things to to weigh and balance in life. Yeah, and it drives you fucking mental if you just keep thinking about it. Well, yeah, that's it. So exactly. It's so interesting. I, I go you, between. Yeah. Oh, sorry to interrupt. No, 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 I, go, just, yeah. I, I thought it was interesting how you say that the older you get, you kind of relax more. Yeah. And I sort of wonder if that's just you know the process of aging and just becoming more comfortable with who you are and who you aren't and well that's it less absolutely absolutely <laughs> no for sure that's the that's the blessing of getting older <laughs> is you give less shits yeah exactly you, exactly and also and you've done a lot i mean yeah you've done a, yeah, a truckload yeah. of things like that's, and you yeah, look at your literally. website and it's like <laughs> 
this is who I am. This yeah, is yeah. what I've done. Yeah, that's and it. there's consistency. Oh, that's it. And no. there's a thread. And yeah, no, for sure. You know, I can choose. But also the the discrepancy between what what got me into doing you know art in the first place. I was at a stage in my life where I felt I could sort of. I could be above or above the rest of society in a sense, or I could, you know, I, not superior, but in some some ways, yeah, I was sort of insulated. I could, I could, you know, I won't drive a car, and I'll, you know, I can only bike everywhere in the city. And anyone who drives a car, like, I had a, a, a real sort of hostility almost towards like um, people who drove and cars, and just because of my perceived and just the. the but it wasn't just that; it extended to. Um, but now I'm a lot more cool about it because you know, <laughs> I find myself driving a lot myself, and I have like, kids. <laughs> and I have kids. Yeah, exactly. It's all my kids' fault. Changes everything. It's all my kids' fault. Yeah, that's it. No, for sure. But we do our best, and it shifts from day to day. And yeah, well, that's it. Well, that's it exactly. And that that general philosophy, and that you're not necessarily. Yeah, it's just. Exactly. Yeah, we're all... <laughs> I was going to tell you that I have a similar story uh, of a project that I don't have. I don't think I ever put this on my website. I think I had it on my blog, and I don't know if it's still there. Blog, mm-hmm. whatever. I'm not a blogger. <laughs> but... Um, not yet. I, I was... There was a period where I was getting, requ- like, a lot of requests for sugar murals, like, all over right. the world. Right, Like, Dubai, right. Macaw, like, wow. all these places. Right. And my son was, like, a year old or something. Right, oh. And they were all, like, really questionable, like, yeah. casinos, oh, malls, God. right? Right. But I'm also, like, hustle, 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 oh, yeah. like, got to make this dough. Yeah. I was a single mom. Yeah. So my strategy was, well, I'm just going to make kind of a ridiculous budget. Right. You yeah, have to yeah. you have That's to fly it. me and my son and yeah, a nanny. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Because I got to go and do right. this there in person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So if you're willing to pay this right. fee, then yeah, I'll do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And well, most of them didn't do it. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> and I'm okay with that at well, the end of yeah. the day. If Dubai is calling, automatically there's a there's a Dubai you know price tax. There's a <laughs> there's Dubai, a Dubai price, tax. Usually. Yeah. <laughs> um, we were talking a little bit about permanence and impermanence, and you know, with materials. Uh, I feel like you're pretty comfortable with impermanence and in having your works well, just washed yeah, away or fade yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yes and no. I always I always found that kind of um, a little bit disingenuous, that whole thing. Maybe I'm the one that's disingenuous with the whole thing about impermanence because I find like artists use that as a sort of, it's like a cachet. It's like, I'm, I, I mean, there is something interesting and beautiful about the idea of impermanence and I... I do genuinely believe, like, there is something, you know, there's a philosophy that I find appealing about it. But at the end of the day, you're taking a shitload of photos. You're preserving the image of it at the end of the day. You know, I I mentioned Andy Goldsworthy. I found that idea really appealing, putting something out there in nature, and then it all kind of dissolves. And it is appealing. Right. But, you know, it's usually being photographed to death and being put in the coffee book or something. So that's sort of the document and the permanent. Yeah, photography. You know, I I would like to see someone who talks big talk about doing impermanent work and not take a photo of it and document it anyway. Then you're then you're the real deal. Then you can call yourself. Then you're really like (laughs) walking the talk, you know. Yeah. Talking the walk, walking the talk. So, yeah, I, I do, you know, I have no problem with it. I, I'm, again, now, now that I'm, now that I'm getting older and want a legacy, I want, I mean, I would like to, I, I like the idea. I'd love, I'd love to do more murals and have something because people are always asking. My, I mean, I, I've done a handful of murals, but I've done a whole lot of ground pieces, which I enjoy doing, but they disappear at a certain point. It'd be nice to have something that like lasts longer than and two years. Correct me if I'm wrong, but for the groundworks, do you need to use a paint? In most cases, that is meant to Well, yeah, that's the, that's the million dollar question always, the paint. It depends on what, you know, where depends what's wanted and what what they're going what people are you know usually unfortunately what the who's paying what 
is is looking for. Sometimes people they don't want it to last for very long. In which case, it's more impermanent. In most cases, it's you know it's it's the desire is for it to last a long time. But I feel there is there's definitely a thing. In my case, yeah, I try and use a paint. I mean, there are asphalt paints. There are paints that last longer than others. There are ground paints. Without getting into all the technique, you know. Which and it's a constant thing that I'm still learning about after all these years, and people are constantly emailing me, asking me questions about you know what paint to use and such. But often, I mean, there is definitely a thing between I think murals and walls and ground paint. There is a, you know, ground painting is is sort of a it's sort of a second class uh, art form in a sense. I mean, not not in my from my perspective necessarily because there's a whole lot of but I think there is an expectation that it's not going to last and that maybe, yeah, it's you, know, you walk on it, it's going to get dirty. It's not as sort of doesn't have this aura about it. It's not as not sort of the work of art, the, the canvas or this thing that can be preserved in a museum. And you could say that about murals versus the the objet, the sculpture, or the thing that the permanent thing, you know, there's there's automatically, I think, a. There is something about the painting on the ground or the road, unless you're really doing something permanent with tiles, let's say, or some really hardcore, I don't know, which I've never, everything I've done on the ground is basically impermanent. So you're okay doing permanent works then? Oh, yeah. That's what I was. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Totally okay with it. I'm totally okay with it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, Yeah. no, I'd, I'd love to do more permanent works and. Um, and I've done, well, permanent works. I don't know. I've, I haven't really, I've done a few. <laughs> there's a, there's a handful of what you would call permanent works out there. I mean, unless you consider a mural a permanent work, I don't know if that's considered permanent work. Probably not. Like what, what, what is a permanent work exactly? Well, in terms of like Materials. for the, for the, you know, percent for art type of programs, oh, yeah. usually it's sort of like quote unquote, the lifespan of the building. Right. Which can vary, well, obviously, it, but right. like thirty to forty years. Yeah, yeah, right. Is okay. kind of the like yeah. acceptable norm. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I would love to, and I've tried and and failed in most cases. I mean, I've been short. I I sort of had a moment with the one percent. I got one. I okay. Actually, was I was successful on one and and was successful after that one for a couple shortlisted, and I was feeling good about myself. But then it just then absolutely nothing for. I embrace, you know, I'm I'm happy for, you know, the opportunities that I get. And, but yeah, I would love to get more permanent stuff. But I also know, yeah, that's like there, there is a demand and it seems like maybe it's this year or in the past couple of years, it seems like there's a growing demand perhaps for, to create alternative spaces and, and it seems like there's a demand for that kind of thing. And yet, you know, cities, for example, or don't necessarily want to commit to something long term so it's kind of like a good way to that brings up a good discussion that i've had with other people about you know these budgets and like should let's say should a city spend fifty thousand dollars on one piece that's going to last 10 or 20 years Mm -hmm. or divide that up into smaller amounts or you know let's say it's more like Mm -hmm. a bigger budget than that yeah yeah, right to have things that are more like enlivening spaces and that change each year right well, that's a good question. Because in the end, the artists are probably making the same amount of money. Right. Because yeah, in absolutely. permanent stuff, most of your budget goes towards materials yeah, and fabrication. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think there's room for both. I mean, I think both have their place. I think there's, like you're saying, there's a multiplicity of of formats and uh, and contexts and stuff. So. That actually reminds me of something I saw on your website that I was new to me. I don't know if it's new for you, uh-huh. but uh, Walkscape. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you for bringing that up. Which feels like that a was, good segue, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, an unintentional but yeah. uh, appropriate one. And you have it listed as a project, but it felt to me like it's sort of this like opportunity. You're presenting yeah. like an opportunity for <laughs> cities and you know places to yeah. to have you help them um uh like re-envision public space yeah well it was you know it was a way of rebranding myself you know whatever 
I don't know, to whatever Rhodesworth meant to me. And it was mostly, mostly for myself, maybe just to get away from my own concept of what Rhodesworth had become and was and maybe what other people, maybe ideas had about it. It was just a, more of a accumulation of my experiences as Rhodesworth and my, my work right. experience, really, which is all the experience I've had, which is reactivating spaces, um, you know, a lot of the projects I've done over the years are, let's say, pilot projects. I mean, I was talking about how sometimes there's a demand. I mean, this is a, a, something I've benefited from in the sense that cities will want to um, redesign. Uh, you know, there's a, there's a big move, for example, to a, a big move nowadays, not just in Montreal, but I'd say globally, to make cities less more more pedestrian friendly and less dependent on cars and for sure. For, you know, obviously a myriad of reasons, good reasons. And so that totally, that's one of the ways in which my, you know, my art, which I've been grateful for is that how my work has been able to align with these kind of, um, this kind of vision, which is yeah. also the vision that I had when I wanted to, when I, when I was doing street art in the first place. It's like, let's, like, questioning of space. Let's, like, let's, like, let's make the city a more human place, a more, um, you know, not just for cars and for getting from point A to point B. There's a whole lot in between point right. A and point B. This is, a, I think, we've always treated our space, urban space, as a, as a sort of trans transitory, transitional space. You know, it's like you're going from your office to to home and whatever. So, and I think there's a you know growing realization that this is important, and you know. And often the cities are doing that on roads that they close off to traffic. And so they're trying to like reimagine and enliven these spaces. And so I think that and totally in, aligns in with in having comes you like walkscape come. or some yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, and well exactly into it's sort of it's preparing the public in a sense or reimagining the space without actually committing to you know I think that's. Yeah, that's that's the thinking behind it, and, and getting people used to the idea of and 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 from what I've from what I can tell, it's been nothing but it's been received with nothing but you know positivity. Like mm -hmm. it's been growing in Montreal. Every time they close off a road, there's always resistance in the first place, mostly by shop owners for you know understandable reasons. They're afraid of losing business. They're afraid of, and I mean I don't have the stats in front of me, but from what I understand. It's always been positive, like St. Catherine Street. I did a project there like years ago right. when this was still kind of a novel idea, like closing, closing the road off <laughs> to cars, like, you know, uh, you know, Craziness. impeding traffic. That's like, that's, you know, what are you, we're going to lose business and you know, how are we going to, you know, yeah, exactly. And leaving it for pedestrians. Now they do it every year because they realize people want to hang out on a terrace where there's no cars buzzing by. Yeah. We're not even aware of how much, how aggressive and how hostile the environment we've created. And a lot of it has to do with cars and the noise and the pollution and the, totally. the energy that that creates. And if you can create these little spaces within that and it's just going to attract people it's gonna and it's going to make it make it more yeah more livable more and more enjoyable and you know good for business which is always you always have to that's always the, that. <laughs> the number yeah. one you know selling point um you know apart from you know obviously obvious health benefits etc so yeah that's what walkscape is about and if you go to roadsworth.com <laughs> and uh click on the walkscape menu You'll get everything you know, but really, it's just uh, again, like I said, it's it's. I was trying to present sort of a flaw, an overall philosophy to whether it's cities or community organizations and um, anything, schools. Um, yeah, schools. Corporate I mean, that's a yeah. big sort of market, you could say. Yeah. But you know, so I mean, there's so many schools in Montreal, especially that desperately need a more welcoming courtyard. Yes. And they don't have yeah. big budgets. Oh, But, like, exactly. that kind of space is just so essential for kids. Oh, God. Yeah, I mean, starting, like, my own kids' school, which actually we finished finally redoing their... I, you know, I was involved in that, that effort to paint their schoolyard. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's a no-brainer. And the more these things are, are, are presented to the public, it's like, like we were saying earlier, like, 20 years ago, street art or graffiti was kind of still... 
well, I don't know about graffiti had, but it was there was something marginal and threatening about it. I think to the to the public, the general public, and even mural art was associated with graffiti, and therefore, you know, not that it's a new thing, but as these things are, as people become accustomed to these things, it's like it's not so scary, and and it's actually, you know, beneficial and. <laughs> You know, walking is might you know if you have to walk a little further, it might actually be a good thing. And you know, maybe if you're cutting off you know at car access, it might actually be pleasant. You might actually realize, and people are, and I think people are coming to those realizations. And anyway, yeah, and uh, I think also to reach like kids. Oh yeah, because they are the future literally no, but for sure, you know like yeah. my son i mean he loves going on these streets that are closed off and then they've got like paintings all over the sidewalks yeah. and and he loves graffiti and graffiti culture and it's just it's a form of expression yeah right? absolutely so, like, why not infiltrate you know these exact minds to absolutely just be creative and yeah. want to like just want to create and i think also especially graffiti because it is so much about your individual voice and your your, your tag your signature and yeah. so every kid can kind of develop that and uh and then see the potential for, for public space. And Absolutely. For art. And making that like that's the new normal. It's normal for for you know art to be out in public. Like whereas even twenty like yeah, I keep saying twenty years ago, it's that magic number, but you know, you can compare it to whatever time before that. But I think, you know, it's things we've come a long way in a sense in twenty years and I would say in, in the aspect of, you know, public there's still plenty of room for <laughs> For improvement and and but yeah like exactly like kids are exposed to that and they'll already the next generation it's not such a it's a it's a, it's a normal thing to uh to want to have a mural on your wall or to paint the road and for sure it's not a weird <laughs> it's a given <laughs> yeah exactly yeah now it's like okay who's gonna paint the, the road now yeah yeah uh, it's like, <laughs> I have to yeah, always yeah. remind myself, too, that I live in a city that's so open and creative, and things that are becoming the norm here are still not the norm that's true. in other cities. That's so true. That's there's still, still a lot of work to no, be done sure. in, in other cities no, for sure. to bring that kind of practice. Montreal like is on the day. cusp, and I think it's partly because of because of us, the artists. Were, I mean, I told you I'd check my cynicism, <laughs> but... But I, I go between, you know, thinking, uh, what, you know, what, what is art? What can it really do? How much is it really changing? And, you know, between that extent, that end of the spectrum and thinking, no, art really does, it really does change perspectives and it can help and change attitudes. And it's sort of a, I mean, exactly. You're, you're, you're presenting a new possibility, even if you're just occupying a certain space. You're, you're creating something that certain, some people find Whatever, even if it's decorative, beautiful, even if it's not saying anything, people are like, oh, what does it say or what does it mean? Just the fact that you're occupying that space that before was, let's say, occupied by cars or was just a, a gray, it was just a wall, you know. Nobody asked that question about an architecture, a building that goes up that's, you know, housing. So anyway, I don't have to tell you, <laughs> preach to the choir, about the benefits of, you know, art and in a public space, obviously, but... No, but I think you, you raise a valid point that I think a lot of artists sometimes ask themselves, like, what's the point of this? Like, why am I doing this? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I'm glad yeah. that you yeah. still believe that there is a value and there is a point. I do, but I, I, I have to remind agree. myself. I have to yeah. remind myself sometimes because I'm like, ah, what is the point? Yeah, sometimes yeah, I get into those modes, yeah. Maybe, yeah. I also... Uh, I think that, you know, from what you were saying, like, sometimes it doesn't have to have meaning or say something, but can, you know, be beautiful and just kind of capture yeah. somebody. There's so many different ways to get people's attention. Mm -hmm. And I've also always believed in that expression. Um, it's easier to attract bees with honey than vinegar. Mm, yeah, that's a good one. I like that. Yeah, absolutely. That if you yeah, just yeah. get them to notice... Yeah, absolutely. Get them, just pull them in with something, mm -hmm. then, no, for sure. then you've captured them. And, for sure. And again, it's those little moments that... Absolutely. Are small, but I think they ha they can have big carryover effect. Absolutely. That was, I mean, I didn't necessarily have the expression to back it up, but that was, I think, my approach when I was doing street art. I was like, I felt like I wanted to sort of, there was, there was some kind of, let's just say there was some kind of anger behind it, or there was some kind of, not anger, but sort of, I wanted to prod, you know, the public with something. But I felt, especially in the sort of activist world, People will, there are slogans like, 
you know, fuck war or, or you know, if you're anti-war or anti or, you know, there's a, this sort of a, there's an energy and there's a, and I think there's maybe, there's probably a place for it, but there's a very sort of, but I think there's a, also another way with honey to, <laughs> to bring ish certain things up. Or if you, if you do have, if it's an issue or a message, particular message you want to bring without just sort of, without necessarily being aggressive. Yeah, for sure. About it in like throwing. Cause I, I I mean, I think there's a place for that too, but I think there, again, talking about segregating of worlds, I think there was for a long time, and I think street art kind of broke that, at least for me, the the world between like activism and artistic expression, let's say. Right. You know, because I think a lot of the push behind street art, like a lot of street art is there's an activist quality to it. There's a, a sense of... I mean, again, that's generalizing, but, you know, take someone like Banksy or something. There's a there's a political awareness, let's say. And uh, and uh, and I think, you know, more more so than, say, graffiti, although you could argue there is some kind of subliminal or intrinsic, you know, political or, you know, activity to that. But um, there's a way of presenting um, a sort of a political awareness without just without the sort of placard you right. know, shouting through a, that people a megaphone that people to. are deaf to or even are re- reject outright and, and become resistant to. So it's like mm-hmm. street art was kind of a way of like, oh, yeah, bringing these subjects up, infiltrating. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm, the infiltration, I'm, you know, that it's it. like it's subtle and it weaves its way in. And that's then right. Before you know it. That's right. Party. You're talking about it. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, exactly. People are talking about it. And yeah, that's right. Yeah, I've always believed that there's real power in public art. Yeah, power well, to reach people. Well, I think the fact that you are, I mean, you have that conviction. I think that's important to have <laughs> that, and you know, you know that that goes a long way to. I mean, it backs up what you're doing, and, and you, well, you have to obviously have to believe in it. So that's great. I mean, I go between having conviction and being like, you know, what is, you know, I'm just. <laughs> But yeah. but it's a circle, yeah. and you keep coming back, right? And that's yeah. that's all that matters. Yeah, no, that's you know, it. we no, all go in circles. It. No, for sure, we've all got those days, exactly. right? Or weeks, or yeah, however it. long it lasts. No, absolutely. Yeah, get back in the saddle, and because uh, no, as sure. we have said, we're we're unemployable to do anything else. <laughs> exactly. We're unhirable. We're unhirable. Exactly. <laughs> this is all we can do. That's it. <laughs> exactly. That's it. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So uh, yeah, then it begs the question: Well, do you really have a choice anyway? I'm yeah, sort so of, make the I'm best sort of, of it. more on those lines. It's yeah, like a life like, sentence. That's it, exactly. Yeah, yeah. How are you feeling now? Post, I don't know if I should say post pandemic, but uh, how how are projects going? Do you feel like things have picked up again? Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, things were slow as they were for probably a lot of people during the pandemic. Although last summer, I don't know, there was def- there was some kind of again, it, it's created. Especially last summer, it created a new demand, which was like the whole distanciation sociale. What is that? Social distancing. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. So things have picked up again. And um, I don't know. You're, you know, you have your high season, you know, yeah, spring yeah. through through fall. And then things sort of trail off. I mean, I think you could say then this the for a lot hits. of... Yeah. And then you're like, oh, <laughs> I wonder if I'm ever going to work again. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, I'm all washed up. Yeah, you have this. Oh, God. The and then a few months later, you ego. get all these asks, and you're <laughs> yeah, like, oh, exactly. yeah, right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> this oh, happens yeah. every year. Yeah, this happens every year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I'm still not used to it. Yeah, and you're still not used to it. And, and you think, in my case, and sometimes it's frustratingly really last minute that everything comes together, and you're just as you're, you're you know, wondering how... You're starting to feel really desperate and like, oh God, how am I, am I, am I going to have to go and I don't know, go have, find a regular job <laughs> somewhere? And then you start sort of getting yourself, and then yeah, and then things. So yeah, I've been. It's busy, definitely. It's it's been a busy, it's been a busy spring and and summer, which is great. <laughs> yeah, always good. Um, and I'm just. Honestly, I'm I'm getting used to as I was saying. I'm I'm starting to get used to the cycle and trying to be a little more I mean, I've become over the years more calmer about the relative instability compared to some I mean, I talk to other people who have, you know, more stable lifestyles and <laughs> incomes who are like don't they're like I don't know how you do it or, you know. Yeah. 
but I was, you know, I should probably diversify my portfolio. <laughs> my portfolio. <laughs> so I'm I'm working on that as well. So so the winter is, but it's I, I also actually appreciate this the cycle too, as opposed to you know, yes, it, it has its stressful elements, but it's like you know you you do your projects and then the, the, the when things slow down, it's your opportunity to get into. I'm trying to. Really trying to build up a studio practice and mm. do more, you know, which I, which is uh, more and more I'm into, like just, you know, build, trying to do works on, you know, canvas and paper and just, which I'm, which I enjoy a lot, you know. I mean, I enjoy both sides. I enjoy doing public art and, but I'm also, I just. I'm glad you, you brought that, that idea up about like studio practice. Uh, I was going to ask you that because, for, you know, for me, I'm not really like a studio-based right. artist. Yeah, I tend to be like project by project, yeah. and so much of my work is site-specific. So when I have those yeah. down periods, yeah. and you right. get a few months, um, I used to kind of just panic a lot more, yeah, yeah. Well, like that's it. run around like a <laughs> yeah, chicken exactly. with my head cut off, that. freaking out. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm starting to now get a little better at like being like, oh yeah, right. Yeah. Like in a few months, I'm going to be totally busy. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm going to look gonna back this time. Yeah. and think, like, That's you right. just had a few months to, like, just That's make right. some art, just make That's work, it. just dive in and do something. Yeah. So it sounds like that's sort of similar. Well, I try to take to that time rather than running around like a chicken. With I mean, I do that too. I mean, it's my way. I think doing the having that studio practice is a way of dealing with that unknown, or it's just being more. Con- yeah, it's dealing with that that energy of like, oh shit, okay, well, the monkey you know, brain. Kind of, yeah, the monkey brain exactly. So it's so it's a way of channeling that. Uh, yeah, exactly. and I mean, but I enjoy it. You have it to feed a lot. some new yeah, stuff in. That's it. Yeah, well, that's it. They they kind of feed each other. You know, it's like, yeah. you know, that's it exactly. Like, totally. So, Dwayne, yeah, it feeds it, the, the the studio practice feeds the, the public art practice feeds the street art feeds the and, and yeah and around and then feeds the studio practice and. You know, I mean, yeah, for sure. It's I've I don't know. I tend I feel like when looking when I look at all the the different things that I do, it's it seems eclectic to me. Maybe because I'm too close to it. So I, in my view, it seems eclectic. Other people have told me, oh no, I see. There's a the style that runs throughout, and people can see a recognizable style. I feel like I'm all over the place because I mean, my studio practice looks nothing like what I do on the road or in, on a wall or in public in general. So, and I'm always even even one project to another, and is often pretty eclectic, or but maybe not. But um, I'm not really trying to like maintain. A, I'm not very conscious about trying to maintain like necessarily a style. But I think just it's a, just there. It's just there, and yeah. we don't often see it ourselves. Yeah, yeah there you go. Because I've done the same thing yeah, yeah. for years, just like. And then I'll I'll get some idea, and I'll be like, oh wow, that's a great new idea. Yeah, yeah. And then I'll realize, like, it's in an same. old sketchbook, <laughs> yeah, like, right. oh, I had that same idea 15 years ago. Yeah, yeah, right. Oh, right. It's all the same. Yeah, it's right. all my brain. Right. It's, it's true. You can't get away from I'm your I'm not that your complex. Yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, for sure. No, absolutely. Well, and there's just, it. there's relationships between things. That absolutely. Sometimes, yeah, we can't see because we're, we're too close. We're too close. Yeah, no, exactly. So, I mean, yeah, exactly. So I'm always, sometimes I'm like, well, I need, you know, I've, I mean, not, not not to a great extent but sometimes i think oh i need to you know really establish a voice or you know like here i am at you know in my 40s already still still right you know 20 years into a talking about that because because i feel like there's this a real eclecticism but again maybe not and but then i'm like yeah fuck it and it's like i just i'm just gonna follow you know you got to do what you, you i sometimes know. love looking at like famous artists repertoire like you know from their 20s right. to their 80s yeah. like artists who've had a right. super long career yeah, yeah. right yeah and you'll see how that's true. sometimes in their 40s, yeah, they yeah. just switched gears. Right, yeah, yeah, And then that's did something true. totally different. Yeah. And then in their 60s, they did it again. Yeah, yeah, that's You know, I kind, yeah, of, yeah. I kind of like feel reassurance. Yeah, right, exactly. Because no, you're sure. like, oh, yeah, well, when I'm like in my 70s, yeah. then I can look back and I yeah. can make sense of this. Yeah, exactly. No, for sure. Because that can absolutely. happen. No, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. No, it is encouraging because I feel like the there is – and maybe I'm wrong about this, but there is a a pressure 
it feels too I don't know maybe it seems like the most successful artists out there are are have a real recognizable sort of style and 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 look and and I've for a while I was telling myself oh you know you got to sort of stick to one thing and you know I told myself which 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 was was completely you know ineffectual as you know self-advice anyway because I, I can't i can't do it I, i'm just incapable of sticking you know to whatever whatever I, I don't even know what that is if i well like i i i for a while like a lot of people i realized you know and i understand the appeal but there was a big a large appeal for in, in my you know a lot of people liked so the earlier stuff that i i've done just for the simplicity and the, the stencil you know right. i hate nowadays i hate do, I hate making stencils, you know, so I've been trying to get away from doing stencils, but that's kind of a look, you know, you get a certain people certain associate you with yeah. something and, but I'm like, I don't want to make stencils. I'm just like, I mean, I will still from time to time. I still do them, but anyway, but, uh, yeah, it's like you, you put this, oh, maybe I should, you know, do this cause that's going to, but it never you just works can't do it. It never end. works. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You've got to just do what feels right. Yeah. Exactly. So. And as I say, I feel like that's just a pointless conversation we have with ourselves because over time, from the outside especially, it all kind of goes together. Yeah. Whether we think it does or not, or whether no, we intend it to right, be or not, right. it just it is what it is. Yeah. And usually, a, it's way more cohesive than we think it is. Well, yeah. I think you're right. I think you're right. I would. I wondered about that, but I'm like, yeah, yeah. Like you said, you can't get away from yourself <laughs> as much as we try. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, you're like a machine. It's gonna. It's gonna output what the machine. What the machine wants. Out, what the machine wants. Yeah. Um. This has been super super fun. Oh I yeah. I hope you're feeling less cynical than you did before. I am. I am actually. No, I think this was. This was as much this therapeutic. <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with cynicism. There's a place. There's always yeah, yeah. a place. Yeah, but yeah. again, it's like anything else. It's like, well, what do you do with that? How do you channel that into something productive? Yeah. Well, I think for a long time here, yeah, for a long time, I had sort of almost a script when it came to talking about certain things and my, my own because yeah. it was just easier. And I, I don't know if I'm necessarily good at talking you know ad lib anyway so it was starting to feel stale and i was let's but no this has been great it's been and i'm i'm definitely looking forward to hearing uh not so much this conversation <laughs> other but episodes. other other conversations yeah yeah going forward I'm, I'm i'm pretty curious to see where this is what about you what, what what's going i mean i uh, oh i know i, I was... usually i was gonna ask you the, the I'm, i was gonna ask you questions that i i hate when people ask me like what i'm up to <laughs> I hate that question, but I was going to ask you but that you're gonna exact ask me anyway. question. Yeah, uh, I'm. I'm actually really busy. I have a few short lists that I can't really publicly say right. because uh, they haven't been publicly announced. But you know, the thing too with being shortlisted is that you can be super busy and be working on all these projects and all these you know concepts. Yeah. But then if you don't get it. Yeah. Right. It's, it's like, like you have nothing to show. Like yeah, I had these yeah, spans right. of years where I was doing. Yeah. Tons of shortlisted projects. Right. I was busy, but nothing's on my website. Yeah, right, right. Because, yeah. you know, what am I going to put up a whole bunch yeah, of yeah, um, maquette right. yeah, yeah, right, renderings, right. you know? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah, I could. You could have a show of maquettes. I yeah, could yeah. have a huge, yeah, huge show. show of so <laughs> yeah. many concepts and maquettes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could too, but I'm sure yours yours would be even more. And I think one day I might. Shortlisted I might. As much. You day. should, yeah. yeah. I mean, they're, they're, those happen. Like, yeah. Actually, those are often, yeah, I mean. Be more interesting. How many great projects that never saw the exactly. light of day? You know. Yeah. You're all you're you're hip to the the impermanence game. Yeah. <laughs> or yeah. the idea of you impermanence. Know. Yeah. I mean, that's what it's all about. I mean, that's a big part of that. Yeah, it's the, the idea concept, of right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is the? I never really like the because I remember what the last or one of the times I remember it wasn't when we first met, but it was. Soon after our meeting, I think at the Pacabo, where you wanted to put up a sugar mural on. Uh, remember, we I met you. You were putting up a sugar mural on Marianne. Exactly on yeah, Marianne. Yeah, right, right. And uh, 
But then the next day, oh, <laughs> oh, God, so yeah, well, I guess that's part of the, it just got, ta- it just got completely like, painted, completely over. painted over. Yeah, yeah. With like a silver green, uh, like a, yeah, a green. And what happened was it, but you just left it up there. Like it stayed up there. Yeah. Didn't it? Well, didn't the like really weird thing was that the, the, the paint on top of the sugar preserved it longer. Right. <laughs> right. Okay. So there was just this like relief. This, right. Like, right. 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 Relief yeah. Of, of everything. But it let, but the orid, but the like, obviously the. But it couldn't wash away and erode the way that I kind of want that them you to. had planted. Yeah, yeah, right. But again, it's that's like, part of the, uh, the. When I do it, I take a picture and I walk it. away. Yeah, exactly, and, and that's it. Like I walk the... away and I accept that. But it I could mean, be how gone many tomorrow. hours of work goes into something? Oh yeah, like that was that. a lot. That was a lot of hours. But yeah. again, yeah, you know, yeah. if you do this kind of work, you just accept that's it. That's part and, of the exactly. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. You take your photo and then you have that. You have that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and that is what most people see. Most people yeah, see yeah. the photo. Oh, well, that's it. Yeah, exactly. This yes. has been really fun. Mm-hmm. I've really enjoyed hanging out and chatting with you about art. And thank you for being open and honest and, um, you know, just expressing yourself honestly, because I think that that's when the most interesting conversations happen. Yeah. when we can just kind of let our guards down and just be honest and, and just rap about common stuff, common interests and issues we face. Yeah, absolutely. So thanks for being now. present, yes. both physically and mentally. Yes. No, thank you. It's been, it's been real. For further information about today's guest and to learn more about the podcast, follow the Art in the Open link at ShellyMillerStudio.com. And don't forget to keep exploring art in the open.